0: And welcome to yet another episode of Habs Unfiltered, Episode One Two Zero, the Matt Smith has returned from work episode. So I'm your I'm your host, Blaine Padway, and I am joined now by my co-host Matt Smith. Afternoon. So uh, our co-host Craig Wilson is unavailable for today's episode, and he passes on his sincere condolences that he is not here to lower the IQ of everybody today. Um, so Matt, uh, you had a bit, a little bit of a busy week, didn't you?
1: Yeah. I've been, I've been living at work. It's just, it's just been the way that it's been. Um, it's just been, uh, it's been, it's been very busy and it, it hasn't helped that the, uh, the weather's been a little bit, uh, terrible the last couple of days, but other than that, it's, it's nice to have a day off and I can enjoy an espresso and I can relax at home for a little bit and put my feet up and do this. So I'm looking forward to it.
0: Well, your dedication to Queen and Country is an inspiration to us all.
1: That's what they keep telling me. <laughs> that's, that's, why I got like, my, that's why I got my CD two years late, but it's all right. good. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's why you got your master's now. That's right. <laughs> um, okay. So before we jump into today's episode, I'd like to just pass on uh, a little bit of a message. Uh, we here on the show, all of our members are Canadian Forces members, and we all... I believe mental health and mental illness is something that we should be aware of. And anyone who wants help should, should seek help. Um, And it's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength that you seek help. So for the civilian listeners, and I know there's many of you out there, there's a lot of ways that you can get help, especially in Canada. My, my American listeners, I'm sorry, I don't have uh, help numbers for you just, at this point, I'm going to try and tweet some out later. But for those in Canada, the suicide prevention number is 1-833-456-4566. Or you can text 45645. Uh, For our our minors, the Kids Help Phone is available to you. You can call 1-800-668-6868. It's toll free. You can text CONNECT. C-O-N-N-E-C-T, to the number 686868. Uh, if you need help, please reach out for it. We, uh, we're we better off with you here with us than we are without you. Uh, so,
1: I'll just put one in here, too. Any uh, Canadian Forces members that are, um, that are listening right now, you can use the uh the, CIFMAP, the Canadian Forces Member Assistance Program, and that's uh, 1-800-268-7708. And that's uh, staff 24 hours, 365 days a year.
0: So remember, seek help. It's a sign of strength. Uh, I sought out help, and I'm much better for it. Uh, so, uh, without further ado, let's let's just jump into our show. Uh, so the uh, as we record, it's Sunday. The Canadians had just finished a heartbreaking loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs last night. Uh, they play tonight against Ottawa. Uh, that's, that's a game that it's a must-win game for the Canadians. It's a trap game, but it's a must-win game. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll just start with the, uh, the loss to Toronto. Um, a 5-3 loss. I mean, it sounds closer than the game actually was, but uh, it, it was 5-2 to there for a long time. Um, a, disc- a disallowed goal. We're going to get into that later in the show. Uh, for obvious reasons. <clears throat> um, and it was a game the Canadians had, had played after a week off. So Matt, what, what did you expect from them after a week off?
1: So you would think that they'd be a rested team and they'd come out hungry. Um, their last game against Toronto, there was, there was no real reason not to empty the tank. And, and, I can't say that they emptied the tank that day that they, that the, the last game that they won. Um, but it seemed like it was a hell of a lot more of an effort. They knew that they were going into a week off. So there was no reason not to play hard and not to come away with a win or at least play to win. And, um, even though I wasn't able to see the game last night, um, just watching the highlights, I didn't see that effort. And, um, I saw some, uh, some questionable penalties that were called. I saw some, um, you know, some guys that just kind of seemed like they were still on um, that week vacation. And it just so, and it just happened that they weren't, uh, they weren't skating well, they weren't, they weren't getting in the right lanes. They weren't reading the plays well um, like that one that uh, Boyd got around Petrie and, you know, a two on a power play. you can't you can't do that right that should that should never that should never happen um yes i said there were some questionable calls we know that uh the leafs are a team that uh, live and die by their power play but you can't give them that opportunity especially a five on three and um and, and we saw that early in the game two quick goals um it looked like the Canadians were gonna kind of mount a comeback, and then it was just, you know, penalties penalties cut kind of up to them again. Um, it's it's hard to say the team was out coached. Um, I it seems in a, in a way that uh, the Leafs had a little bit of help from from Toronto, and that kind of shifted uh, kind of shifted the way that the game ended up. Because I believe if that goal would have counted, um, the Canadians would have you know, maybe put their foot on the gas a little bit, been that, that much closer.
0: Yeah. That, that did kind of take a, take a little bit of the wind out of their sails. Um, oh yeah.
1: Because that would have made it four, three, right? Yeah. 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 yeah I would have yeah. made it four, three. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. Like I, I in the highlight package that I watched, um, the thing that I can get out of that is I know that Drew going to shoot the goddamn puck more. Like I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to chirp on him. The guy's got 11 points. He's, He's, he's playing the role of playmaker, but he's a guy that needs to get the puck on the net. And he had a great opportunity. And it, we know he's got a good backhand too. And it's just the extra moves that he's been making to, to just be too fancy or to look for the pass first. You know, like through 16 games this year, the guy's got 21 shots. And we know he's got a good shot. So it, I, it would be something that I would like to see him do a little bit more often because right now it's it's very easy to defend Drew and team and teams can see that they're going to be like okay here comes Drew and it's a two-on-one. he's gonna pass or he's got a wide open net he's probably gonna pass <laughs> but uh um, but you know I saw some good things though like to fully get another goal uh, I was very happy to see Byron score I was very happy to see Kakaniemi score and it was how they scored as well it wasn't just like this, like bullshit. You know, tip this or you know a scrum in front of the net or anything. Like it took skill to score these goals. Didn't need a power play. Didn't need anything like that. So hopefully we'll see a better effort uh, this after. Well, this evening against uh, against Ottawa. Yeah,
0: that's that's my hope. Um, I I kind of hope to see a a solid effort last night. What I saw was a team in the first period that really, it took them a couple of minutes to get going, but then they were starting to really generate some good chances. There was an amazing opportunity for Armia, but Anderson simply stonewalled them. So for all the uh, for all the Leafs fans who were just crapping on Anderson all the time, saying, oh, we need to get a new goalie. Why? He's good.
1: He, yeah, but that's, he wait, till, wait, wait till he loses a game or two, and then it's yeah. going to be yeah. all him. And that's, and, and, and that's what, fr- and that's what frustrates me. I said this last year during the playoffs too, like during the bubble, um, they were shitting all over him, saying how, you know, it's time to move on. Let's go get this person. Let's do this. Let's trade them, whatever. Good. Do and it. Go Good. ahead. Yeah. You're not going to be a yeah. better team because of it.
0: No, no. And now after, after he stonewalled Armia, the Leafs got a couple of, uh, there was a couple of late power play, uh, late penalties to the Canadians that gave the Leafs the five on three. That hooking call on Mete. Yeah, it's a bit of a weak call, but at the same time, Mete was in a position and he had his he had his stick parallel to the ice. He had his stick on the hands. And those are called all the time during the regular season.
1: What especially I said, when, you're, regular especially season? when you're playing Toronto.
0: It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's not like, uh, well, I mean, the player was coming in with speed the sticks in the hands they're going to call that. Yeah. I mean we won't, we don't like it but it's going to happen. That's right. Um, Mete also got a tripping call later in the game that uh, that caused some problems for the Canadians. Another goal was scored, but the 5 on 3 that puck over the glass <laughs> automatic penalty it's right. just horrible luck. But so the Canadians their lack of discipline as they lead the NHL in minor penalties. Because they nickel and dime themselves with a lot of these, a lot of these penalties are those little behind the play penalties where they get a stick in the hands or they trip a guy or they, you know, they're just behind a little bit and they try and cheat and they get caught every single time. They're shooting themselves in the foot. So you hand a five on three to the league's best power play. And then you're screwed. So yeah.
1: That's a shooting, it just ends up being a shooting gallery, to be honest. Exactly.
0: So the it now I know people are angry that Anderson picked up Tavares, who was in front of the net and did go cover Matthews, who was cocked and ready to go on that first goal. Had he had gone to Matthews, that puck was going to end up on Tavares's stick, who would be wide open in front of the net, where he scores tons of goals. So it's a when you're on a five on three, you're kind of hoping to get a save in a situation like that. So you take away the more difficult choice. He took a guy. He, he had two guys he to pick. He took one. Yep. Yep. And it happens. And there's been a lot of talk online since that game about Price not being up to his level. In the first period, Price made a spectacular toe save on Nylander on a partial break. Then he completely robbed Mih- Mihaliev. I, I can't Yeah, pronounce Mikhaev, uh, when, he, when, he,
1: when he got him on the, when he with laid down glove. with the glove. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: Absolutely robbed him. So earlier on, Price was doing his job. He was keeping them in the game. Yeah. Yes. He gave up a power play goal against Austin Matthews, who's, by, who by the way, is leading the NHL in goals. Uh, then he gave up another power play goal to Austin Matthews, who, by the way, is leading the NHL in goals. Um, the third goal. Or the third goal was a five-on-five goal, which is rare for Toronto against Montreal. Um,
1: so, three out of five, or four out of the five, were on the power play.
0: Three out of five were three on the power five, play. Okay. But the third goal that Toronto scored was the um, the, the Marner, Marner goal. goal. Yeah. So Weber made uh, Weber committed to making a big hit on Matthews, who took the hit and made the play for Marner, who was coming in with speed. Charot instead of completely laying down and taking away the uh, away a pass or the cut across kind of half committed to it. And it's Marner. He's he's not getting paid close to $11 million a year because he's not good. So, yeah, I mean, can't really fault the goalie on that one. The Marner, the second Matthews goal, maybe because he got a piece of it. Maybe he could have got it across quicker. I don't know the issue here is the Canadians were giving up far too many high danger chances to a team with skill to, uh, to burn. I mean, you've got their top four. We, uh, we, we make fun of them a little bit for spending so much money on four guys, but those four guys are skilled as
1: shit. Yeah. But we've seen, we've seen it in the past though. Like even the, even the game that the, uh, like their la- the game last Saturday.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. They went down early in the game, but third period rolled around and Montreal's like, we can beat these guys. And they did.
0: Yeah. And, and they, and,
1: and, and even the, even the first game of the year, if it wasn't for some, uh, for some, uh, for some shoddy calls, Montreal would have won that game.
0: Now, the difference in all these games, when Toronto wins versus Montreal winning, the difference is Montreal's penalty kill comes through when they win. If you give Toronto four, five, six power plays, they're going to give you three or four goals. That's right. So last night, the Canadians gave them four power plays, and they they scored three times with the
1: man advantage. Yeah, one being a five on three well
0: they scored that then they scored on the
1: uh, right, the, uh the ensuing the, one yeah yeah yeah
0: and, and the issue here is that's the difference in the game with special teams the canadians controlled five on five yep. their power play did okay they generated some chances but they couldn't score so montreal's power play it didn't look bad but they just only had the, the one
1: Had the one yeah
0: yeah, yeah. Yep. and the uh the penalty kill is where they really just shot themselves in the foot they were, they did not cover Matthews properly, knowing full well, he is their go-to guy for the shoot. Yeah. To shoot. It the shoot. Um, they didn't stop the cross seam passes. Uh, Toronto was moving the puck almost at will. So that's the difference folks.
1: Yeah. Did I hear right that something happened to Petrie in the first period or something?
0: He took a bit of a shot in the arm on okay. the wrist there. Okay. He went off the ice for a bit, but he came back. He, he seemed okay
1: for the rest okay. of the game. Okay. Okay. Um,
0: now, they had that whole week off, yeah. and you would think that they'd work a little bit more on the the special teams, but it just didn't seem that they did. So until they can actually sort out that penalty kill to bring it back to the power kill where they were they were attacking guys coming in through the neutral zone, Yeah, I mean, Toronto didn't even have to worry about trying to get back in the zone because they would just win the face-off cleanly and stay in the zone pretty much the entire time.
1: Yeah. So. so one one change that I would make, and I hope they do make this change for Ottawa, is I take Mete out of the lineup. Um, okay. You know, yes, Mete can get up the ice with speed and everything. However, the guy can't defend. And um, when we talk about trying to kill penalties and everything like that, he can't defend. He's not a penalty killer. He can't be. Tr- he can't be trusted to kill penalties. Kulak's a much better, um, a much better candidate to be in that position to to be out there to kill some penalties. And we've seen in the past, you put him with, um, you can put him with Romanov or you can put him with um, with Petry, and the, he he seems to gel b- well with both of them. It's just he's the he's the easier choice to take out of the lineup than than Roman or Evanston or whoever else. Right. So um, that's the change that I would make to the lineup. And, and, and it's the same thing. It's the, it's playoff Mete from last year hasn't went away. He's still, he's still not really engaging. He still doesn't have a shot. And for, for, for a guy, that's an offensive defenseman, you're four games in now, you don't have a shot on net. It's just like the writing's on the wall. Like, the spotlight is now on you when it, and, and, and it's, he's, he's very low on the totem pole for the Canadians, but the spotlight's on him simply for the fact that his agent came out and said, my client would like a trade. Well, right now he's playing like he's, he's going to be a taxi squad guy, or he's going to be, or he's going to be a guy that's going to be sitting on the bench. He's playing his
0: way out of the, out of the NHL. 100%, well,
1: maybe not, not out of the NHL, out of Montreal, 100%. Yeah.
0: Um, now, the Canadians have lost four of the last six. It's a bit of a slide. Yep. Uh, and we, we mentioned this in previous shows, especially leading up into the season, that they can't afford to have a season where they have a long string of losses or st- stretch of losses. Like last year, they had two eight-game losing streaks. This year, we're at... Four of six are losses in the last six. So, does this mean it it, is this going to kind of cue the coaching staff to maybe start tweaking things? Because if they don't, we've seen it's going to be forced.
1: So, we've seen some partial lineup changes. And in my opinion, they've worked, but they haven't worked.
0: Um, well, Tatar and Kottnyemi that one they played against Toronto. They looked yeah. really good. Yes, yes. That that's a good change to so on that line. That's
1: that you so, look good. So, so that's worked, and the Toffoli has worked. Um, I'm wondering maybe if we're going to see some maybe some shifting to the D pairings.
0: Yeah, I would I would try and see if maybe trying something new with uh, breaking up the Schrott Weber pairing because they didn't look good against Toronto.
1: I would maybe I don't really want to play two righties. I don't really want to play two righties together and have Petrie play with uh with uh with Weber. But you know what? Give no. um give Romanov a shot with Weber.
0: Well Romanov's been having some difficulties as well. I mean
1: Or playing with Petrie and put Edmondston with um with uh with Weber. Yeah, you got two guys that aren't the the more the most fleet of foot but um at least you got two guys that can fend
0: yeah Sharat and weber they're not the most fleet of foot either and they against a team like toronto they did they did not look good
1: yeah so you could even like you could even say put Sharat with maybe put Sharat with romanov put kulak with petrie and put edmonston with uh with Weber maybe just 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 to see yep because like going into tonight we're going to be playing the Sens the Sens have won four games this year one of them being against the Canadians they're the team that has been the biggest thorn in their side so far and it's kind of ridiculous to think about that but um Ottawa is a team that can surprise, uh, tonight, uh, Shabbat's going to be a game time decision. We know that he's a very skilled defender from the back end that will actually shoot the puck. Unlike that I did that for you, Trey. Um, and, uh, and Matt Murray, like, even though he's only got two wins this year on the season, um, career wise, he's got very good numbers against Montreal and he kind of seems to take it to the next level. So, um, looking at the game day skates. It uh, looks like, um, Michael, uh, Michael Haley will also be in the lineup their resident, uh, goon. Who's played one game this year. And,
0: Yay. A random fight for no reasons coming right? up.
1: So we'll see, we'll see how that goes. It's only going to be a second game of the year. He only, you know, he's a guy that averages about seven minutes a game. So we'll see what comes of that. It might just be, uh, it might just be a, a guy that they need to, they, they want to get in the lineup. Who knows? Uh, but we know the kind of game that he plays. Um, we'll, we'll we'll see how we'll we'll see how tonight goes. Um, they haven't come out and said if there's going to be any lineup changes, if we're going to see Corey Perry in the lineup, or if we're going to see Byron stay in, if we're going to see anybody yeah. else change out. Um, with Byron scoring last night, I can't really see him t- getting taken out of the lineup.
0: He also he played a great game last night. He sat and then he came back and he was the Byron that everybody wanted to see. Which was, is which is what we need
1: to see. <laughs>
0: exactly. He was fast. He uh, he was he was strong on the forecheck. He was strong on his back check. He got shots on net. He supported uh, Evans well. Um, and now he's or he's going to be playing against his hometown team. So I can't see them taking Byron out when they're they're getting what they want out of Byron. Same with Tatar. He sat. And he looked great. He got a goal and an assist. Yeah. He looked great. Or goal and an assist. Well, got a couple of points out of that deal. Yeah. Um now the home record versus the road record for the Canadians, I think this is going to be coming into play. Oh, I, I'm awful. looking at the coaching on this. Yeah. So the home record, they're five and three, they're three and five. And the road record, they're they're undefeated in regular yeah. regulation play yeah. at six oh and two. So when they're they're on the road, they're just rolling their lines. They're not really thinking about it, but then they get home and it seems like Julian's overthinking things.
1: It sure seems that way because you would think you would have a better home record because you can you yeah. can you can dictate your matchups a hell of a lot better. Yeah. And it doesn't seem that way. And and you know what? I understand your mentality behind it and say we can match up again, we can match any of our lines against any line. However, when you have – and this is not a knock on a guy like Jake Evans or something like that. I love Jake Evans. But I don't want to see the Evans, Byron, Lekkanen line or Perry, whoever's on that line. I don't want to see them matched up against a top line. And we see and, – and it's been something that we've been seeing a little bit too often. We see them out there against McDavid. We see them out there against – um, the Matthews line, we see them out there against, um, you know, Brady Kachak and his line, or we see him against, um, you know, Calgary's top line, whatever. It's, 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 it's something that you shouldn't see. That's at, at most, you should see, especially the teams of the 1A, 1B lines like Edmonton, which they only have a 1A, 1B anyway. Is McDavid's line and Drysdale's line. You don't usually want to see that matchup if you can control it. That's when you're going to want to see the Deneau line out, or you're going to want to see Drouin's line out, or you're going to see the Kakademi line out. You don't want to see your fourth line put in that position. And it's happened far too often that it's not only the fourth line that gets caught out there, it's the third defense pairing. And when Kulak's out of the lineup, you take that more defensive responsibility out of there and you put Mete and they're just, it just seems like they're just swimming in their own zone. And you've got the fourth line stuck out there with a defense pairing. That's your third defense pairing. And it ends up either being a shooting gallery, a penalty is taken or the other team just has Liberty with the puck. They get a change in, they just tire out the fourth line and usually it leads to a goal.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't mind seeing the fourth line out there against the top line, as long as it's for specific face-offs where, yeah. where Evans is on a strong side yeah. and they can clear the, the zone real quick Yeah, or they get stuck out there and they can just, they can dump it out, do a quick line change. I, yeah. I don't mind that per se. Um, although Deneau has not really –
1: has, well has done nothing this year he's had maybe one good game maybe two um he hasn't he just hasn't been himself and i and i no. think i i honestly think that uh not signing that contract we've brought this up so many times i really think this is weighing on him um six points this year he's yeah i'm you not gonna say he's playing him. his i'm not saying he's playing his way out of the out of the Canadians. But he sure as hell paid himself. He's he's sure himself, he's playing himself out of a contract, out of a, a lengthy contract.
0: Yeah. And I think what might be able to help him, we'll get into that in a minute. But one of the first things he can do is possibly try a new product from our sponsors, Bandscaped. Hey, fellas, we're in the thick of winter and a storm's a brewing. It looks like one to three inches are in the forecast when you trim that hibernation bush that's taking place in your pants. Luckily, our partners at Manscaped specialize in products to make sure you're walking around town with beautiful snowballs. Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels. The Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and advanced skin-safe technology, your snags on your snowballs will be reduced. The trimmer is also waterproof, so you can trim in the shower or jacuzzi if you're a savage. The Manscaped Performance Package is the best buy of 2021. The Performance Package comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, Weed Whacker, Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag. Ever, ever have, have you ever noticed how nasty nose and ear hair is? In fact, 79% of partners polled admitted that long-nose hair is a major turnoff. Might as well use the best tools to do the job. This bundle also comes with the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. The Crop Preserver is anti-chafing ball deodorant that makes your balls smell nice and make you feel like your testes are walking in a winter wonderland. The Crop Reviver is a spray toner for your balls. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts. They'll make your balls look up at you and say, thanks, because that always happens when I use it. Don't get cold feet this winter. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code UNFILTERED20 at manscaped.com. They also have a ton of other amazing men's hygiene products on their website, from disposable mats for your pubes to foot deodorant. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code UNFILTERED20. 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code unfiltered20. Thanks, Manscaped, for making our winter wieners look so good. So, step one. I love that promo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it just fits so well.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, Denno, maybe he's being weighed down by a lack of manscaping, or he's just overthinking his game. And I think one way to kind of let him get back into it is make a line change The playoffs last year. They moved him down to a third line role with third line wingers and they moved Cotton Yemi up. Now KK has looked very good in the last couple of games. He's improving his offensive offensive game. And in a game like Ottawa, I don't think it's that big of a stretch to place him in a top six role. Let well, him take on those extra three, four minutes. Let yep. Dan not worry about his defensive side. Play against uh, so-called lesser opposition. So yep, a bottom 100%. six. Yeah. Play against the bottom six. Maybe he gets his offensive game rolling again. This is this is where those those little adjustments are going to have to. They come could into play. they
1: could put him with someone that he's used to, into Tatar. Yeah. And and put him with another defensively responsible. Defensive, defensive, responsible guy like Armia, and then you can have Kakuniemi with two guys that will shoot the puck, and we know that um, he's more. Uh, Kakuniemi is more of a sh- distributor than anything. Um, put him with Gallagher and um, with t- Gallagher and Toffoli. He'll have two shooters, and then you've got a defensive, responsible line, and then you can keep the Suzuki line together and not touch your fourth line.
0: Exactly. I think, I,
1: I, I think it would work out well. And this is the cut. Well, this is the team that you, I, I don't want to, I feel that if I say anything bad about Ottawa, they to be like I'll fucking beat them, like 10, nothing or something. Right. But this is a team that you, that you can, I feel that you can experiment with a little bit, because you can roll, you, right. Yeah. You can roll some lines. You can say what works, what doesn't, and you can make changes on the fly throughout the game.
0: Which is clearly Julian's forte, no?
1: Right, like, but the, but this is something that this is a team tonight that you can do that with. Yeah. You wouldn't want to do that against another team within this division,
0: like Winnipeg, for instance. Yeah, who, uh, yeah. Who just dominate. Uh, who would be dominant up the middle if uh, Dubois were still, uh, were still in the lineup?
1: 100. Um, so, the, but this isn't like this is the night if you're gonna want to say you know, what, what would Kakaniemi look like with these two guys? Or what would know yeah. look like with these guys? Or what if I put this defensive pairing together? Or what if I switch up the power play and put this guy here? Like, this is the kind of team that you can do that with.
0: Because of the depth. The, yes. the, the Canadians' depth, that's their strength. This is how you can use it. You can make these little changes and try new things. Yeah. Um Like... The Canadiens' issue so, uh, right now in the last few games has been a lack of production up the middle. Now, Kotkaniemi has scored a goal. He has looked very good offensively for the last few games. And had he been given more offensive players to play with, perhaps he'd have more points in those last few games. So this would be a good time to throw him into that top six role with better offensive players. And for Denot to get him going again, move him down. Now the issues we're seeing, I mean, Suzuki, he's had a bit of a difficult time offensively, but he still looks good defensively, yep. but all these issues are experience-based issues except with the exception of Dano, who the Canadians really need to rely on at center to help. There's, and here's the thing. If, if the Canadians had another centerman waiting in the wings on the taxi squad, I would totally put Deneau in the press box tonight. Put him a put him up there. Have him regroup himself. Watch the game. See see where he could do better. Where he's done where he has done wrong, and kind of regroup himself. But there's no one in that taxi squad, so the Canadians don't have anything to to take that break. No, I mean, not at all. You got paling down in Laval. He's looking good in Laval.
1: He's looking good in Laval, but I would keep him there. Let he him, let been. him, let him. As as Traig says, and he said this a lot. You've yep. got to dominate the league that you're leaving before you can make a big impact in your next league.
0: Well, he he's only a second year pro. Last that's right. year he was shuttling back and forth and he's never given a clear role. Absolutely. Now he's, now he's
1: there? got, now, right, now he's got that role. Yeah. And with belzill being out injured and he hasn't played yet, that's another guy that you're not going to have taking minutes away from him. And um, we've even seen that uh, even though they've used Jordan wheel quite a bit, he hasn't really taken minutes away from paling.
0: No, they're, uh, they're using paling as a top six centerman. They're putting yep. him in. Every situation,
1: yeah, which in which they should be yeah. doing,
0: right? And, and it's he's showing he's showing himself to be, he's improving. Yeah, he's only had three yeah. games, but he he's looked good in all three, yeah. and he's looked better in each one. So leave him there. He needs that because with the way things are going, you're going to want him in the lineup next year at center. But the Canadians need someone else that they can call upon that's sitting in that taxi squad, and they do not have that. And Jordan Wheel is not the name no, that you no. that you think about when no. you think, hey, depth center. So the Canadians and his, are and his,
1: con- and his contract would make it a little bit difficult to bring him up and everything as well. Well, I mean, right? they so, could bring
0: him back up and it, they could find a way to fit it in. But yeah. you're right. Yeah, it's not easy. But at the same time, he's not even a fit that they need. No, he's not. And he's that's not. that's where this, this issue comes up. It's great when Suzuki and Kotniemi Kot- Kot- Kott- are are playing well, and Deneau is doing what he normally does, everything is fine. You notice I didn't mention Evans because he's been steady all season. He has. He has been exactly what you want from your fourth-line center. He's able to step in, play 10 to 12 minutes, and not hurt you. He's even potted a couple of goals. He's looked fast. He's been good on defense. He's been good on the forecheck. So the issue centers around Deneau. And I'm, I'm not defending him but at the same time who do you take him out and replace him with you don't you can't
1: and that's the thing like you you're you're i'm not gonna say they've shot themselves in the foot but 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 we went out and we talked about this and we we talked about this with uh with john lou and this was john lou's thing as well was them not going out and getting that depth center and it wasn't it wasn't necessarily because of jake evans it was just Having a depth center, having that veteran guy. um, If a
0: guy gets hurt.
1: Because we brought up, um, we brought up, you know, we brought up Nate Thompson, and we brought up a couple other guys, and uh, I was a little, you know, I was a little surprised as well that they didn't go out and they maybe talk to a guy like um, like Trevor Lewis or Brian Boyle or somebody like that.
0: Yeah, Devin Shore, anything, yeah, anything, someone they can sign super cheap you know, almost league minimum even, and just sit in the taxi squad, what they've been doing with a and Perry
1: essentially. So, so that's why that's, and it was a little bit surprising that they got for and then they went out and got Perry.
0: Yes. And no, I mean, I can see and, why and they I wanted was, it,
1: but, and, but, but they didn't get that, but they didn't bring in that center help. No, they only relied on, on, on guys to yeah. play the wing when they already had Lacken and Byron army, et cetera, in your bottom in your yeah. bottom six.
0: Now the Canadians are playing Ottawa tonight. Um, Ottawa is a, a trap team. We really need to see a way of getting, they, they lost two of three to Toronto, but they had that huge comeback win. So they've shown they can score some goals, especially when they're playing their trap to perfection, because people may not realize the trap was ev- invented in Finland as an offensive weapon but Jacques Lemaire changed it into a defensive one. Again, how do we, it, how do you think the Canadians are going to beat that trap system tonight?
1: They get your speed. They use their speed. They got to move the puck and they've got to get into the, the dirty areas and they've got a forecheck, check and they've got to get their set. They've, they've got to capitalize on second chances. It can't be uh they can't, um, you know it can't just be shots in the goalie's chest, and then one and out. Um, Canadians are not a very good um, face-off team, so they need to possess the puck as much as possible, and they need to play their game, use their speed, and take uh, and have and have Ottawa take uh, stupid penalties, much like what Tor- much like what Toronto did against Montreal, make the force the team to take stupid penalties and take advantage of it.
0: If they can, if they can take a, build their team speed game, with it's going to start with a dump and chase system. You have yeah. on the first line, you have Anderson who will who will crash in there. On the I love check. Josh
1: Anderson. I say this a lot, but I love Josh oh, Anderson. He's isn't been it such, nice? He's been such a good pickup, and um, you can't really say you can't really say anything negative about the guy right now. Like he's 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 doing everything that this team wants him to do. Um, yeah. they don't have to play him. You know, he doesn't have to be the guy to always be out there. He can kill penalties. He can be, he, he's physical. He can put the puck on net, yep. And he, his motor just keeps going.
0: So him on the first line crashing in on the four check. That's what you need a dump and yep. chase. He'll go in the yep. second line. You have Gallagher third line, Armia, Armia is a good puck retrieval guy. <clears throat> Fourth line, Byron and Lekinen are both yeah. very capable. So even, each Evans, line...
1: even Evans. Evans last night, so yeah. I was watching some of the highlights and like um he was containing a big guy like Bogosian. And Bogosian's no slouch, especially defensively. Yeah. And he was kind of moving him around a little bit. And Evans isn't, you know, he isn't, you know, he plays big, but he's he's not really a massive guy himself.
0: True. Now each line has someone who can get in there. And if you can start that, because Ottawa's defense, if you get the pucks into their feet, and you mentioned Shabbat right off the top of the, of the episode, Shabbat's a game-time decision. So if he is not playing, Ottawa's defense is much less mobile, much less experienced, yeah. much less talented. Yeah. So if you get pucks into their feet or down in the corners, they'll start second-guessing. They're going to have a hard time. Once that happens, you can the 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 trap breaks down. Once the trap breaks down a little bit, it creates those gaps in the neutral zone where the Canadians forwards can build speed in the neutral zone with a little chip and chase. Sherratt, Weber, Edmondson are all very good at clearing the puck out of the zone. Uh, that's their main thing, off the boards and out, off the boards and out. In a trap game where you can create that space, that little off, and, off the boards and out play, the forward can pick that up as a chip and chase. He'll You chip it out, he chases it down that gap will allow them to build their speed it, it's it's an incremental it's an incremental thing where they have to first start with that hard four check. and that they cannot let up on this they they let they took their foot off the gas at times against toronto and they took some bad penalties in this they have to stay very very disciplined and they have to keep their work ethic and their effort levels at their maximum I know Ottawa's the last place team in the division, but Montreal has just slid down into fourth place. They are four; uh, they've got four losses in their last six. They must win this, so they have to really display that that urge, that desire, that that intensity that got them uh, the the start they had this year.
1: Yeah, and this is a team that, as I said, this is the team you want to beat the hell out of.
0: Yeah, to get them going because Montreal's yeah. got it. The rest of the season is not going to be easy. That little no, week off that they no. had was great. Now they've got 37 games in what? 75 days. It's so ridiculous, essentially yeah. a game every other day. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this is
1: a team you want to take advantage of. Yeah. Especially if Shabbat out. if he's out their next highest scoring threat from the point, you're looking at a guy like Mike Riley.
0: Brandstrom talent wise.
1: Well, I think, yeah, I think actually, I think he's still out injured. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, um, but you look at a guy like Shabbat and he plays 25 plus minutes a night. His, the next highest on that list is his defense partner who plays about four or five minutes less than he does. Yep. He, you know, so you take a guy like Shabbat to the lineup and that's going to really change how their power play sets up, how their penalty kill is excuse me, how, how everything, how everything really rolls. He's, he's one of the weapons that's on that team. He's and one
0: of their main ones really. Yeah you, a take, core you
1: t- yeah. you take him out of the lineup. All of a sudden you're, you're uh, you're in four checking against guys like Willan and, and uh, you know, um, good Branson and, and, in and, 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 you know, Zaitsev and these kind of guys, right. Instead of, yeah. instead of guys that can actually carry the puck up the ice.
0: Uh, so that that kind of forecheck is what's going to be required there they have to get in there um also it looks like alan's going to get the start and nothing's been confirmed yet as yeah, we record he should he should though it's one o'clock eastern the scheduled method of starts is the back-to-backs they give them to alan um so i'd expect him to get the start and and I don't think it's going to be much of a difference for the, uh, for the Canadians and how they approach the game. Nope. um Fans may be happy to see Allen play in net because we're, as of right now, his numbers are much better than prices. So that, that could be a factor. um But yeah, the, it, it's how uh, the, the Canadians, this is a game for the Canadians to lose. They, they need to come in with that intensity. So, uh we'll just move on from that and we'll st- we'll end it with the last segment of the show that uh disallowed goal. So you watched that disallowed goal this morning on Did, the replays. Yeah. yeah. Give us give us what you think of it and then I'm going to get into crapping all over it after.
1: So personally to me it looked like a goal. It was a goal on the ice when it when it originally happened. Um it looked to me like even when the goalie moved his leg, maybe the puck kind of traveled a little bit with him. Was he pushed? A little bit. Was there a hell of a lot of other sticks in there too that put a, that uh, that might have put an effort into getting the puck across the net? I think well, so.
0: Muzzin stick was in there too. His uh, muzzin but, stick was pushed on the leg a little bit. So there's a uh, little uh, bit of that,
1: but personally I <laughs> think and I'm not even gonna say this to be just because I'm a Canadians fan, it looked like a goal to me. And it, and because that goal was called back, you know, fucking Leafs tr- Twitter just rejoiced and, you know, Oh, Sheldon Keefe, such an amazing coach and oh, yeah. you know, whatever, but you know what, it is what it is. And it changed the, it changed the, um, it changed the, um, the momentum of the game. And sure. we saw, yeah. we saw what the, we saw what the end result was. Um, Yeah. It was a goal in my opinion. And, and and people who say that it isn't, then it's just, you know, the game's getting too the game's getting too soft. Now right, so.
0: on my my point of view on it was if it's a goal, it's a goal. If it's not a goal, it, it's not a goal. E- either yep. one, whatever. Well,
1: I can this live this with is, either well, one. Well this is what I don't like. You 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 challenge it and then they say, Oh, it was goaltender interference. Well then where the hell was the call? Yeah. Or where's the call after the fact? If 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 you're gonna call goaltender interference Call penalty afterwards.
0: Well, and here's the right, thing. Like, they they did review the So they scored the goal. They reviewed yep. the play. They yep. called it a goal again. So it was called yep. a goal on the ice. They did a review. They called it a goal again. Then Toronto challenged. They reviewed a, a second time and then called it off. So the the uh, the reasoning behind that that we were given was just assumptions that were being made, but – the first review was to see if it crossed the line. So you, you're telling me that the officials who are watching this review over and over and yeah. over didn't say, oh, I That's think we goal. That's probably goaltender
1: interference. Yeah. And th-
0: <laughs> then they can just say no goal at that yeah. point. Yeah. But no, they didn't. They just called it. Oh, yeah, it's a goal. So they, they called it a goal twice. Then they go upstairs to
1: Toronto. <laughs> Toronto. <laughs> yeah.
0: And it's called back okay, fine, you want to call back for goaltender interference, cool. Yeah. But literally one hour after that goal was scored, yep. Calgary scored a similar goal where Kachuk went into Koskinen and pushed on the pad, puck came loose and Mangiapani, roofed it, and they counted that as a goal. Now the excuse from the league was that Nurse pushed Kachuk in. But if you watch that replay, and I watched it yeah, dozens sort of, of times,
1: yeah, sort of like.
0: Kachuk was already pushing the leg in. Yeah, Whether Nurse had pushed him into, uh, who caught up to him after he had started interfering with Koskinen, even if Nurse had not touched Kachuk,
1: Goalie he was, was already out of pushing position. Goalie was already out of position. That's so even right. if the puck came loose, he was knocked down from the initial contact. That's
0: right. So he yeah. committed goaltender interference. Now nurse yeah. pushing Kachuk while he after he started interfering with the goalie, they used that as an excuse, saying, yeah. Oh well, he pushed him. Yeah. But he had already started the the interference.
1: Yeah. And but it's they like still the one it's 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 like the one the other night with, with Thornton when they threw the puck you know, the puck got on net and his skate just kind of dragged by the post and hit hit the goalie's leg and it went in and they called that a goal. I'm like, well, yeah. yeah.
0: So where do you draw the line? Where, where, uh, and this is what peeves me. I made a post about this on social media. saying yeah, 100%, that You know, this is why people are upset about these goaltender interference calls because
1: there's no, there's no standard.
0: There's no rhyme or reason. No. I swear to God, they must sit in that office. And it's the same staff that called the, the non goal for Montreal yeah. that yeah. called it a goal for Calgary. They sit in their, their little office, they flip a coin. They're like ah, heads. It's a goal. Yeah. Oh, tails. It's not a goal. Yeah.
1: And we've, no seen, and, we, and, we've, and we've seen that we've seen not, not, not just with goaltender interference calls, but um, um, there's been some very shoddy calls this year, not just against the Canadians, but around the league. Um, I hate stick, stick infractions, hate stick infractions. What a hook might be, or a slash might be in one game. If you're going stick on stick, yeah. If you break the guy's stick, it's a slashing penalty. If you're going stick on stick with somebody, or trying to lift a guy's stick, it's a hockey play. It's not a hook. It's not a. It's not a slash. It's not a this. It's not a that. Like, you know, if you you know, play a play a softer sport if if you think that's the case. Same thing as some of these regular interference penalties. You know, guy gets bumped into, falls down, or guy gets bumped into and you know oh he was in my lane you know guy skates backwards and someone accidentally bumps into him interference it's like give me a break and then you see the next game buddy can literally like pick the guy up and throw him against the boards i get you know nowhere near the play and it's like oh you you two (laughs) you guys just you know you know get up and start playing again well, there's I a mean, lot of bit easy. there's been a lot of inconsistencies, in, you yeah. said but the one that the ones that always come back are the ones that lead to goals like goaltender interference calls where you can say yeah they probably are flipping a coin somebody somebody yeah. posted out the other day I don't remember who it was but they said Toronto can't let Toronto beat Toronto I
0: think that was I think that was Craig using the Habs and yeah.
1: Yeah, and I laughed pretty hard. I was like, "Yeah, yeah that seems about right."
0: <laughs> now, for for me, I, I I get your point on the calls. I, I know some. Uh, there's a lot of ticky-tack calls that have been made. What irks me is not the game-to-game thing because you're going to have different officials officiating different games, and there's going to be different standards. I, I can understand to a degree.
1: We're that- even seeing that between from from division to division. You see some yeah. of these games, and you're like, you're watching like like a Washington game or you're watching the Vegas game or something like that. Some of the games, these guys are beating the piss out of each other. And you're just like, this is good. I'm not going to say like, I, you know, I don't want guys to like ever, you know, flying elbows and everything like that and whatever else, but you know, you want to see competitive hockey. You don't want to see, I, I almost dropped another F bomb. That's two on the show. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There is a counter. Um, But you, I I don't want to see, power plays the whole the whole night i want to see five on five i want to see the back and forth i want to see that i don't want to see let's see how many goals toronto can score on the power play or let's see how many let's see how many passes mcdavid can get or, how, or before before they score or something like that and like i know that they want goal scoring and i know that you know that's the things that that the nhl cares about but it's 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 boring it's boring to watch and it's the same it's the same shit every time
0: there was a there was a couple of one nothing games that I watched Vegas play in the yep. last couple of weeks and you would swear to God that it was it, it they were the fastest games that we could have possibly have hoped for mm-hmm. they were just one nothing games but they were trading chances they were scoring yeah. they they scored only the one goal but if you had never watched a game of hockey before in your yeah. life they let those two teams play. Yeah. and they went toe to toe, and yeah, it was I, amazing.
1: I, I hate seeing these games, and it's like, oh, well, Montreal went one for six on the power play, and Toronto went one for eight on the power play, and you're just like, oh, it's, Toronto
0: would have gone seven for eight.
1: You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's so boring to watch. It slows the game down, and it's like, okay, dump it out of the zone. Okay, let's come in. Let's get, let's get set up. Okay, let's dump it out of the zone.
0: But back and to it's my, just, it's just back boring. to my original point on it, though. Um, from game to game you see you see inconsistencies because it's different official uh, officiating teams but it's the within the game that's same it, when you have a hooking call in the first period where the guy just barely touched his hand yeah and you call that in the first period yeah. but then you have another guy literally put a stick in his armpit and haul him down and you don't call it yeah. and it's right in front of you yeah. that's the stuff that irks me. it's the yeah. lack of consistency that's true. Set a standard early. Keep that standard. Yeah, you're going to miss a couple of plays here and there. They're only human. Yeah. I can understand missing plays, but if you're oh. going to set a standard, meet the standard. A lot of game. the
1: times, a lot of the times, especially within the Canadian division, and I'm going to say this because it's the truth: Montreal doesn't have that star power. They got oh God, it in. No. The, they've got it in their net. Yes, Shea Weber's a star. Yes, you can say that. You can. You can definitely say that about him. However, he doesn't get – he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt that a lot of players with different names on the back of their jerseys get. You know, the end of a game, you see Matthews, Marner, McDavid, Taveras, whoever, running some interference or a hook or this or that. Chances are it's not going to be called. You change those names to, you know, Matthew Chuck, Brendan Gallagher, any of those kind of guys, it's probably going to get called.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that as well. I mean, like the,
1: one that, the one that pissed me off was the, um, um, the Tatar one, the one that towards the end of the game, I don't remember who he hit. I think it was good Branson and he just kind of like swung snapped, his, his, head back. snapped yeah. his head back. And it was like, we knew it was a bullshit call. And then everybody knew that.
0: But Gabranson's a big guy. He must have been hit really. Uh, I, I hard. know. He
1: must have just 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 that just the the, the the truculence behind that hit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There there's a lot of selling. Uh, players are gonna do what the players are gonna do to try and to, yeah. to sell plays yeah. and get those power plays because they know that's a good chance to score. Yeah. I'm I'm not blaming the players at all. Uh no. for me, the officiating
1: I do hate the, the I do hate the embellishment call, call though.
0: Well here's my thing on the embellishment before I get back to my fun, my my last point yeah. on embellishment. If you're going to call a guy for embellishment why are you calling the hook
1: or yeah. The trip? Yeah. Why are you calling the infraction? If you, if you give a guy a little bit of a tug on the arm and he does a pirouette and then falls down and starts breakdancing on the ice
0: you're only giving the team it, a 4 on 4 yeah, that's was not the, really hurting yeah, the team yeah. that's doing was, embellishment. Was the infra?
1: Yeah, was the infraction really that bad? <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> right. And that's the thing. You want to get rid of diving. That's how you get rid of it. You call the dive.
1: If yeah, the guy dives, call the, dive, and, call the yeah. dive. Yeah,
0: that's it. So, so and that hurts his team. That's right, and you'll see a, a very quick end to embellishment. That's right, because and you no one wants team, those guys.
1: And they, then you don't get a team like Edmonton that can be like, oh, well, let's put out. McDavid and Drysdale against the on our four on on our four on four, yeah. Well, that's but easy, the, right?
0: But to, to get back to my final point, and then we'll we'll wrap it up from there. Um, it's consistency within a game. I think the officials are are crapped on a little too much through the year. Uh, I don't think they deserve the the heartache that they get from a lot of the fan bases. Uh, I've been guilty of these assumptions as well but
1: too, 100%. they
0: have a hard job uh, but the biggest thing that they could do to fix that is within the game consistency stick to whatever your call is yes you'll miss some you'll miss some plays but it happens i can understand that but just if like you're, if to you're see, gonna call a slash because you broke the stick you gotta like the call to see more i
1: like to see more communication between the refs yeah yeah if for instance, there's a play behind the net. There's a hook, there's a there's a cross check, there's a whatever. You see the ref that's beside the play not call it, and a guy at the other end of the ice calls it. <laughs> Go and talk to the guy that's down there and say what did you see? Cuz if the the guy the guy down there obviously did not see he was looking at the play, he did not see an infraction on the play. So how the hell did the guy at center ice be like, I don't know, looked, looked like he got a high stick up to me. It's like, he put they, down a that, that's, that's, that's that's package the thing of that more looked
0: up. up and saw something. Oh, she, ooh, oh yeah, that yeah. like, oh, like that's it. the
1: thing. That's the thing that really irks me. Yeah. And That's yeah. Yeah. That irks me probably more than the goaltender interference.
0: So now before we sign off, do you have
1: a prediction for tonight? I, um, I'm not going to say the S word. I think, I think, uh, I think Allen's going to come out and be hungry to, um, to get this team back in the win column. I haven't, uh, I can't say with the work week I just had, I can't say that. I, I know their schedule coming up. I don't know who they're playing. I think they're playing Winnipeg for the first yeah, time
0: they will be yeah. this week.
1: Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Canadians are gonna come out um, with more of an effort. We might see a couple of little changes to the lineup here and there. Uh, I'm gonna say a four-one Canadians win. Ooh. I'll say a four-one win, and I'll even say that Josh Anderson scores his tenth goal of the year.
0: That'd be nice. Yep. I'm going to predict. Um that Julian is going to roll all four lines without really paying much attention. And we're going to see a better outcome than we did against the Leafs because he's not overthinking things. So uh, I think we'll, uh, we'll end the show there. It's been about an hour of crap chucking and a lot of talk about officiating, uh, which is abnormal on this show. But I mean, after that uh, we, we needed, we needed a moment to to vent our frustrations, yeah. and I want to finish it with saying i I respect the re, I respect officials. I believe they do a, an amazing job. A lot of the time, they're crapped on unnecessarily, but no one's perfect, and we need to understand that. But they could help themselves a little bit more with consistency. And for those who are upset about the uh, the refused goal against Montreal them's the breaks guys. We, these are the things that are going to happen through a season. It's just, it, it's one of those things where you're you look at the goal scored almost identically later and you're like, did they flip a coin? And my, I say, yes, prove me wrong. If you think that they're not in that office flipping coins to decide goals, send me an email, tell me how they're not doing that. And good luck because <laughs> it seems too random to not be a coin. So uh, we'll end the show there. I want to thank everyone for listening. Matt, you had something you wanted to pass on? Uh,
1: before before we let you guys go, uh, spore came out and they said that they have uh, reverse retro jerseys for certain players back in stock. So if you want to get your hands on a reverse retro jersey, this is probably the time to do it. Um, also, I want to give a shout out to uh, Everything Hockey. They use the... Um, they're at the... Um, the tag uh, a clothing i'm wearing one of their sweaters right now they make some really good stuff they have a hell of a lot of uh, products on their website and um they've got you know they've got a good twitter page you can go check them out um they're they're they've got sales going on all the time they've got a hell of a lot of um designs they can do for for uh, for shirts and sweaters they do stuff for women's hockey they do stuff for mental health etc so it's definitely something you guys should check out
0: Absolutely. Um, also, if you're looking for a good uh, uh, charity to get involved with, uh, Vets Canada is a yeah. great one. Yeah, uh, I volunteer I also- with them. I've been I've been involved with them for a few years. Uh, they help the homeless veterans, so that's a good one. I'd like to thank everyone for listening, uh, checking in, following our YouTube. Uh, now, the last week uh, there was some corrupt. Uh, I had some corrupted uh, files, and I could not post. Our, our last episode online. I promise that's not going to happen this week. We will get that video out there because everyone deserves to have more Matt in their life. I know I was missing him. <clears throat> so again, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you are talking about it, so are we.